Does everybody know what time it is? It's Mother's Day time. Oh shit, I have to build my mom something out of popsicles right now. It's grunt work. else's mom and hi to everyone who has a mom and to all of you i say welcome to grunt work your all-inclusive podcast about the tv series home improvement i'm truman the mother boy man caps and with me as always is landon the a boy's best friend is his mother man solano <laughs> landon yes. happy mother's day in the world of home improvement to yes you. absolutely and i'd like to amend uh your your statement to add uh happy mother's day to anyone who is a mother Yes. Oh, I, I, how did I miss that? How did I miss <laughs> Happy Mother's Day to the actual people it's uh, it's for? I fucked this up. I'm a bad son. No. <laughs> the world is your your mother. Yeah, well, I suppose I guess. it is. I yeah. mean, Mother Gaia, in a sense. Yeah, that... well, we're going to get to that. Oh, my God. That is an actual note I've written down for this episode. Wow, good for you, man. We got we wasted no time getting all hippy-dippy with this episode. <laughs> it's true. Uh, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing well. Nothing major to report. Um, I'm in particularly high spirits today because mm-hmm. the episode of Home Improvement we watched really uh, brought a lot of joy to me. It did to me as well. Uh, I... It was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the, I was thinking about Home Improvement. Uh, I don't think so, Tim. Or, you know, uh, he assists me. You know, these yeah, catchphrases. Yeah. We Back don't, the truck up. Yeah, we don't get uh, we don't get catchphrases anymore. And I think it's because, unless it's like Bazinga. But, you know, oh, that's... Oh, man, you caught me. I was, I was going to blast you with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, not think... to criticize that show, but, you know, like, <laughs> when they do the catchphrases on that show, it feels cheap and like whatever that's a hot take from landon uh big bang theory feels cheap (laughs) or whatever okay um and i'm wondering if if the catchphrases on home improvement would fall victim to that um if if we were binging it if there's anyone that's out there binging the show right now and listening to us we would love your take on this yeah yeah i mean i don't think i think that in terms of catchphrases I don't, home improvements never really caught on, like, I don't think so, Tim, never became a catchphrase in the way that, like... It was a meme for a while. It was a and I think it became a meme, and I think almost half the reason it became a meme was because it was, like, such an under-the-radar... It was like, hey, remember this show? You're forgetting about this thing? Hey, it's Al from Home Improvement. But it never, like, I don't remember... I don't think so, Tim t-shirts. Yeah. Like, I don't think so, Tim was never on the level of, did I do that? Or, <laughs> I... Kind of bunga, man. Yeah, exactly. Or eat my shorts or yeah. any of the any of the various ones. I'm trying to th- there wasn't really a catchphrase from Fresh Prince. There was just the Carlton dance. Yeah. Which I still do at, da- at weddings. <laughs> well, we got we got to have some more friends get yeah. uh, married so I can see that again. Anyhow, I, I just thought this was kind of interesting. Um, obviously, this can go on. This discussion can go on a very long time. But most of our discussions can and do go on for a very long time. That's kind um, of our brand. But we watched an episode of Home Improvement this week. We always announce that like it's going to be a surprise to people who like <laughs> downloaded the podcast seeing the name of the episode on it. But yes, we did. Do, do you want to talk about like kind of maybe give a synopsis perhaps of, of what uh, happened? A synopsis? Yeah, I got yeah. one for you. Um, here we go. And it begins now. (laughs) The next thing that you hear will be the synopsis. Without any further ado, the synopsis is about to begin. (laughs) Quiet, please, for the synopsis. (laughs) It's Mother's Day in the Taylor home, and 
I well, I guess else. Mother's Day everywhere that yeah, celebrates. They don't celebrate their own special version. <laughs> well, according to Tim, they do. Well, <laughs> um, and this year, Jill is adamant that instead of uh, Tim taking the kids to the nearest store and buying the cheapest gift, that the kids get her something that is an expression of themselves. Tim takes this opportunity to bust out uh, his tools with the kids, and each of them build their gift for Jill. Uh, however, Randy shows no aptitude or interest in tools or building, um, and just wants to buy his gift for her instead. Tim doesn't quite understand this and thinks that uh, Randy just needs to commit himself, but Jill steps in to remind Tim that she wants uh, the gift that Randy wants to give her, uh, which turns out to be a magic trick, <laughs> which we will get into. Oh my god, uh, so much to say about this magic. On tool time... The KMB construction guys make an appearance to pour out cement, but instead end up paying tribute to their mothers. Uh, so often, like you, you think about it, the KMB guys take time off work to come on the show. They take, you know, and they they come out. They, there's probably the appearance fee to fly them down from Bay City, Michigan, or whatever. How often do we actually see the KMB construction guys do the thing they're supposed to do <laughs> on the show? Uh, n- very rarely, or, or the things that they're even just supposed to do in general. Um, you know, they're, they're coming on to, as construction workers, but they're <laughs> dancing, they're making food, they're doing anything but constructing. Yeah, they're, they, well, they sing in this yeah. episode. I mean, it's, it's these, why do they work in construction? I mean, it's like, you know what, I, it's, it, I have to imagine that they've carved out a niche for themselves at this point, kind of like topless cleaning, <laughs> uh, the services that exist here in Los Angeles, where, like, you're probably not going to get a good clean, but that, is that really what you're paying for? <laughs> I always wonder, though, like, I, every time I see th- what they do, for those of you who aren't fortunate enough to drive around the San Fernando Valley, they will there will be a van parked that will have an advertisement that says, Topless Maids, 99 bucks an hour or something. But you always wonder, like, wh- like how many people hire them, and it's like, the sexy girls at the door, and they open the door, it's like, okay, yeah, so uh, just there's some cobwebs in there, and then the kitchen is really messy, so I'll just be upstairs if you need anything, let me know. Like, <laughs> or do you sit there and watch them clean... Well, I mean, I would assume you're not paying them to topless clean when you're not home. Well, yeah. That's part of the, the gist of it. But, I mean, I, I'm i sorry. We could go on and on about this. So what you're <laughs> saying is the K&B guys are topless maids. <laughs> In a sense. An yes. allegory for topless maids. Yeah. Uh, that whoever is hiring them to construct stuff are really just kind of like hiring them as... I was going to say circus performers, but I'm going to go with something with a little more integrity and say, like, USO performers. Like... <laughs> They, they're like, hey, guys, we, we hired the K&B construction to help augment your construction days. And so they're just like performing for the, the actual construction workers. Uh, guys, morale is real low on the job site. Well, you know, let's get Bob Hope and the K&B construction <laughs> guys and the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders in here to just to just cheer everybody up. Yeah, this was a fantastic episode. I, I This is probably my favorite episode from the season. There were mm-hmm. moments that I that I was wondering if I was going to start crying, not out of emotion, but just out of like, well, I guess emotion, yes, but emotion, not like... R.I.P. Mickey Jones. Well, yeah. So he gave a beautiful uh, oh my God. work of... But just like this episode filled me with so much joy at mm-hmm. times. Like that so much when I th- when when we had the idea for this podcast, these were the episodes we were chasing. Like this is why <laughs> people love the show. S- seriously, guys, if you're looking, if you want to, if you only watch one Home Improvement episode this year... <laughs> <laughs> Let it be this episode, which is called. Yeah, this this is the game. Do you do you know the name of this week's episode? 
Uh, so again, this is a Mother's Day episode, so it kind of affected my my choices. Okay, uh, it's called Lowercase M Mother Exclamation Point in reference to the Darren Aronofsky movie with uh, <laughs> with Jennifer Lawrence. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mother's Days D A Z E. Okay, uh, that's that's in a future season where Jill gets blitzed. Uh, <laughs> they, they find uh, Brad's marijuana. Hey, I mean, hey, come on. I mean, really, folks. <laughs> that you know now nowadays, let's you know, hey, four twenty friendly moms. That's got to be a Facebook group. No, that's got to be a Facebook group and probably a show on TLC. Uh, okay, uh, a Mother's Day that will live in infamy. Little little FDR humor. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think that's 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 all I've got. Okay, the name of this episode is "To Build or Not to Build." No, no, it's not. That's a bad name, and I refuse <laughs> that answer. What is the actual name of the episode? To build or not to build? That's not. I get that that plot line is in the episode, but there is so much mom-oriented stuff. The K and B guys come out. There's mm-hmm. a poem that one of them does about his mom. They all sing about mothers. Al sings about his mom. <laughs> I, I don't, don't disagree even, with you. I don't you. even want to spoil about what happens with Wilson. This is such a mom-heavy episode. Yeah, it's Mother's Day. It was as though this episode, they were like, wow, Tim has used motherhood writ large as a comedy crutch <laughs> for the entire show. Let's pull out all the stops to give uh, tribute to the people who gave us life and brought us into this world. Um, bad title. Any of mine were better. I will fight you if you disagree. It, I no, I completely agree with you. And good thing you're not going to. We fight are in agreement. Um, Is the whole reason that we always agree because because I usually phrase it in terms of I'll fight you if you disagree, and I'm so I'm so bulky and muscular. <laughs> That's exactly my it. kung yeah. fu skills. <laughs> um, it's uh, it's right up there with May the Best Man Win uh, yeah, for me in terms yeah. of you know it's as a title goes not a bad title just not fitting for what this episode is yeah i mean it is for the subplot but this is a mother's day episode yeah um and i feel like they missed an opportunity you know they named the episode about jill's birthday jill's birthday so why couldn't if <laughs> jill's mother's day exactly if you're having that much trouble then just go the literal route i mean we'll yeah. still make fun of you but you didn't know we were going to do this when you were writing the thing so and you know what this title would have been better suited for the episode where randy was playing peter pan uh, because yeah. to build or not to build is off of Hamlet. Yeah. And uh, Tim was building something for the play. So they could have, but that was groin pains. So they also could have called it to groin or not to groin. Or, uh... <laughs> right. But groin pains, also a title we weren't totally. Yeah, that one goes down in the pantheon of, yeah. of, of titles we don't like. Well, look, we could <clears> dwell <throat> on, we could dwell on the title of this episode yes. the whole time. So this episode begins. With Tim coming home from wherever the hell Tim goes during the day, uh, <laughs> carrying a yeah. uh, shopping bag probably, with something in it. Probably Sears. Pro- yeah. That's, I mean, he was at some sort of automotive store. It was the 90s. Sears was a thing. <laughs> uh, and Jill is saying, oh, is that is that my Mother's Day gift? And mm-hmm. and Tim's amazing poker face uh, saying, oh, yeah, yeah, it's your Mother's Day gift. Yeah, it is. And this, this whole exchange... Um, I thought was really kind of crass at the beginning, but they paid it off really well. So oh, what it turns out is she follows him into the garage, and this is where she starts talking about um, the uh, gifts that she's gotten in the past that Mother's Day is coming up, and turns out that he has a muffler in the bag. Yeah. Well, like in the in the past, 
Yushi's kind of just lamenting, like, oh, wow, you guys are actually, you know, you actually got me a gift uh, ahead of time. You didn't just take the boys out to the mini mart and get me get me the first thing you found. And she kind of mm-hmm. goes through the previous gifts, like a candy necklace or a... <laughs> Which I have to imagine came from Mark. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah. Or like a pair of a pair of fuzzy dice earmuffs. Which Tim actually stakes claim that he got her, which yes. was like... Really, Tim? But then he says, some women some women like to look like a rearview mirror, which I... Yeah, Tim, you're kind of like scoring an own goal there. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so, but, uh, so Jill is, Jill does not believe that Tim has actually gotten her a Mother's Day gift. And so she finally looks in the bag and says, oh, just what I've always wanted, a muffler. And so they go back and forth. Well, and, and should we draw attention to the, like, the line, well, which... This is an interesting exchange because he goes, if anyone needs a muffler, it's you. Oh. Which was like, oh. Uh, but that that she takes it as the, like, kind of fun exchange that they have at each other sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm glad she did because that's kind of a... True, true. But, I mean, I think I think on within the realm of their relationship, at least, I think that they see it as, uh, you know, she is constantly joking about the fact that, that Tim is not very good in bed. So <laughs> right. I think I think that by their rules, it's then okay for Tim to joke about, God, I wish you wouldn't talk so much, yeah. woman I married. <laughs> uh, but he, so they go back and forth, and she just basically says, just this year, I just wish you and the boys would just get me something thoughtful and actually put some thought into mm-hmm. your gift. And Tim agrees with this. And says something like, you know, well, you know, just you just get ready because on May sixteenth, you're not going to believe how good of a gift we get for you. And Jill says, Mother's Day is on uh, May 9th. Oh, and then, and then Tim comes back and says, I know. We also celebrate May sixteenth. It's Mufflers Day. <laughs> and that 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 button to that scene made. The bringing the muffler into it worked for me. This is, I think, the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing that I always do, and then get bit by when I say it. I think the show is really turning a corner in terms mm-hmm. of its writing. the The way that the scenes are kind of constructed now, where they'll kind of introduce a concept at the beginning of it, do a joke on it midway through, and then end with a big joke on it. Yeah, like it's, it's, shall we say, Cheers esque in its construction. <laughs> Uh, but I, I like this, that he walks in with the muffler, there is the joke about, like, oh, we sh- it should be for you. And, and that's what I was expecting, it was just, like, like to end it with that, Okay, and like, oh, okay. That's all we need. And then, yeah, Muffler's Day, didn't see it coming, <laughs> and it, yeah, just, just excellent. Yeah. Just, I'm gesturing so much with one hand that you can't see, but it's really, it's really amazing. <laughs> Um, we also get the grunt creep who jumps out oh, of the yeah. top cupboard onto the counter. Yeah, yeah, well, it's out of the, it's out of the fridge. Oh, the fridge? Yeah. And kids, don't play in refrigerators. <laughs> uh, if you get, if you get stuck in there, you can't yeah. breathe. And they will not save you from a nuclear explosion, despite uh, what <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, uh, says. Uh, they, uh, what are you, the, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, they only made three Indiana Jones movies. What are you <laughs> oh, talking about? Oh, you're one about? of those. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am <laughs> one of those. I have an awesome idea for the fourth Indiana Jones movie, uh, Indiana Jones and the Iron Curtain, uh, uh, but that's not, yeah, but they haven't made one. There were only three. The last one was made in 1989. <laughs> Fair. Um, so anyway, from this, we get a Mother's Day card transition, like mm-hmm. the screen flies backwards into the void and then flips over. Looks like construction paper. Yeah. With, it almost looks like something they would tape to the garage door. Yeah. And it, 
and it, you know, it's like, I love you, mom, and then it floats down. Mm-hmm. The CG on that transition was pretty dope, I have to say. Like, the way they had it floating back and around. All the textures on the paper. Uh, just the dopest, you gnarliest textures. every single little fiber. Then. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was like, what, what am I watching right now? Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within? <laughs> which, which, when it came out, was really high-tech and impressive and not anymore. Now it's Uncanny Valley Central. <laughs> As most of those uh, early CG movies are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wonder how Shrek held up. Oh, oh God. I don't... That's not one I want to go down, but... We should do a podcast about Shrek, where we just watch Shrek. Oh, I... Purely based on having to listen to All Star uh, by Smash Mouth, <laughs> I reject that idea outright. See, here's the thing about All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let me brace myself. Okay. I hate the song, but I also almost love hate it at this point Mm. both because a it was used in the movie mystery men which is one of my favorites b because i saw a video from a concert like two years ago that smash mouth was performing at like the i don't know the iowa state fair or something and a bunch of drunk people were throwing slices of bread onto the stage and the lead singer from smash mouth was so so angry about this that he's like the video is him pacing back and forth at the front of the stage screaming profanity at the audience but in the background the backing band is just playing like wait He's like, fuck you! No, no, do it again! I will come into the audience and beat you up! So I'll always love All Star because it makes me think of that. Okay. Anyway. You've got a you've got a personal end to enjoy the song. Maybe I need to see this video. Uh, yeah, no, that let's do okay. We won't do a podcast about Shrek. We'll do a podcast about that video because <laughs> okay. I could start every day with a nice tall cup of that video and just oh, be man. ready to take on the world. <sighs> uh, anyway, this takes us into the theme song, and uh, believe it or not, I have a note. <sighs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Actually, this is a user requested note. Oh, okay. Fascinating. Um, yeah. Fascinating. So uh, our buddies over at the Fan Theory World uh, brought this to our attention mm-hmm. uh, via Twitter, where we go through the whole thing. And starting this season, as we've commented on many times already, it ends with, you know, everyone looking up at the house and everything. Brad stares into our soul, takes one of our secrets, <laughs> and then um, they all face the camera and start that, that high-pitched mumbling. <laughs> But in it, so they sent the, over a screen cap with the oh, subtitles yeah, yeah. titles on, and Jill says, should we put the kids in the middle? Da, 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 and then it rolls up. It goes, bruh, 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 falls into the void. We're getting really good at that impression. <laughs> We've tried that a few times, and it gets better every time we do it. <laughs> the, the question is, what is she talking about there? Should we put the kids in the middle? Should we put uh, – okay. I've, I, saw, I saw their tweet. Mm-hmm. I've given this some thought. Okay. Tim – has attached propellers to the house, turning it into some sort of ungodly <laughs> steampunk uh, uh, contraption. I think Jill is suggesting these three rambunctious children, if we put them inside your flying death trap machine, then we wouldn't have to worry about them anymore, then they'd be taken care of. And I mean, I'm not saying she's making this as a serious suggestion. It's more yeah. of her lighthearted ribbing. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? Should he put the kids in the flying house? In the middle of the flying house so that there's less danger of them flying out the sides when they run through the house well yeah you don't want to you don't want to like off balance the thing oh, when it's taking so off she... have you ever been mm-hmm. have you ever been on like a turboprop plane and it's like the flight attendants come through and they like are making people sit on different sides so they do a oh, better yeah, balance yeah. on it right it's, yeah. like, it's like one of those okay 
That makes sense. So it's a practical explanation for, for something that's completely impractical. Yes, yes. It's a practical <laughs> explanation for uh, having put propellers on your house in the netherworld fantasy realm that is the opening <laughs> credits of Home Improvement. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm going to think on this some more and see if I can't come up with an explanation maybe next week. Okay, very good. <laughs> uh, what what I really what I really want to see is two of those propeller houses dogfighting each other in midair like it's World War One or like base, it's like, <laughs> it's Snoop, like Snoopy on top of his doghouse chasing after the Home Improvement house. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like the end of Up, <laughs> where Christopher Plummer and all the dogs are, um, you know, dogfighting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just I, it was just so impressive to me how they replaced Kevin Spacey in that movie so quickly with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> I, I, really, really a, a testament to Pixar's work. <laughs> that they knew that far in advance what a creep K-Space was. Um, is that uh, a play on K-Pax? Yes, it nice. is. I like it. Play on K- a movie that we sadly can never watch again. <laughs> is that sad? Yeah, God, man. All those se- the scene where he breaks the banana in half and says, your produce alone has been worth the trip. At the end where we don't know if he actually went back to his planet or not. Well, actually, no, he's still there, but the other person from the mental hospital isn't. Um, I remember a lot of K-Packs. You certainly do. For a movie my parents and I I rented once. I'm going to mine this this well a little bit uh, in the the episodes ahead. Let's do a podcast about (laughs) K-Packs. Is the song All-Star in that? No, but we could do a fan edit. (laughs) (laughs) What what would improve this movie starring a sexual predator that no one liked at the time that it came out? The song that everyone hates. Oh, man. Okay, so we're back from the opening credits, guys. We are. We're, we're going into this episode headstrong now. Well, Landon, I think you mean headlong. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Fraser. Yeah. <clears throat> Still in the building, though. We have a lot left to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I need him, uh, you know, on call because yes. I have a lot of phrasing questions. Well, um, I'm listening to everything you say and judging it. That is it's, creepy. It's not really a good Fraser impression. <laughs> I think it's a great like one. Fra- oh, thank you. Thank you. So... Um, we go from the theme credits into the dining room, yes. where we start on a close-up of Randy practicing uh, uh, three-card Monty, uh, whatever, whatever the the cup and ball. There's a there is an actual term for it. I don't yeah. know what it is, but yeah. he's practicing the the red ball trick. Yeah, which would make sense also if we go along with this idea of him being a sort of con man that he would be setting up and trying to, you know, con people on the streets. With yes, little... well, this is interesting, and it plays into what we were talking about in the cold open, where it was so strange, and they don't make any mention of it, of him practicing magic, that I'm like, well, that was weird that they just started on him practicing magic. It does come into play very heavily in this episode uh, by the end of it, so I thought that that was kind of like... An interesting way to tie the ending into the beginning, even without commenting on it. Yeah, yeah. I, it was, it kind of just, in case you guys forgot, Randy likes magic. In case you forgot, <laughs> Randy's handcuffs of death. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. So, but anyway, Tim gathers the boys at the table. He puts Mark on guard duty to make sure Joel doesn't walk in and catch them. And Tim, that's on you. Tim, why are you doing this? Why do you have any faith in this boy to do anything but be adorable? Um. And even then, as he gets older, that becomes less and less. Sick burn. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> on a child, so so he kind of tells tells the boys like, all right, well, come on, we're let's do a real thing for your mom this year. Let's mm-hmm. actually build something. Yeah, he broaches this concept of we're you know we'll move the the uh, hot rod out of the garage and we'll turn that into man central. <laughs> it, it, we get a bunch of grunts in there yeah. where he's talking about. 
you know, where they can just do a bunch of woodworking and mm-hmm. build uh, wonderful gifts for Jill. Yeah, and they're not enthused, and Tim's like, come on, can't I get some uh, a family grunt for Mother's Day for Mom? Yeah. And they all and then, acquiesce. Uh, 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 uh. I love that he... I love that he's actively trying to get his whole family to grunt now in more and more of these episodes, and he's dragging them into it. It's like, we gotta stay on brand. Yes. How are people gonna know that grunting is my thing if I don't get people to start doing it? it like, if I'm the only one grunting, then it, it doesn't seem like a catchphrase, <laughs> It's not catching on. <laughs> oh, Tim. Um, I did like that Brad uh, had Game Boy, and he set his Game Boy down on the table. I'm wondering if he ever earned enough uh, money legitimately to buy Barbarian 2. <laughs> I don't know, but he was playing something on Game Boy. Maybe he just got a game crazy for cheap, like a yeah. used copy. But they're talking, Tim wants to turn the garage into Man Central so that they can all build Jill, her gift. Yeah. And Randy is the first to, to out be outspoken about this. I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, can't we just buy her something? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Tim's like, no, we're going to we're going to build her something this year. And Randy's like, yeah, but can't we just give her like any any gift? I mean, this is kind of the first a testament to the cheers quality writing of this episode. When when Randy first brings this up. He, you kind of think of it as, oh, well, typical lazy Randy just wanting to shirk his mm-hmm. responsibility, just being lazy and not wanting to do it. And Tim says, no, 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 we're going to build something. We're going to we're going to give her a great gift from the heart. Cause, and he and he goes over to, to Randy to kind of guilt him and says, you know, you got to do this for, for your mother. You were a particularly difficult birth, Randy. <laughs> 176 hours yeah. in labor, Randy. He, breach he, birth. He calls him, a, you were a breach baby. Yeah. Elbows up like a grasshopper, Randy. That's like, that's one stage past diaper baby that Brad was being called. <laughs> Brandy's be calling a, uh, a breach baby. I think that's kind of like, that's a harsh insult. Yeah, well, I mean, but at the same time, if that's if that's how he came out, that's how he came out, you know? And then, okay, we're going to open up one of our theories. <laughs> but that's sort of Pam's corner. I'm oh, so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry, Pam. We'll come back yeah. in a second. Um, our, so he, Tim goes... Uh, we're going to give her something from the heart. And Randy goes, can't we just give her blood? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like the past couple episodes, I feel like he's been trending away from serial killer. But then Tim says, we're getting her something from the heart. And Randy almost eagerly just goes, blood? Now, I, I setting aside the fact that he is actually a serial killer, psychopathic, sociopath, the, you know, those these are all facts. Yes. Setting facts aside for a second. <laughs> uh, as a writer, is this a play on give her something from the heart, heart and blood being a thing? And was it just a stretch? Like, where do you land on coming up with blood? I don't understand it. I see it as something from the heart and Randy going, oh, what's inside a heart? Blood. Well, like, okay, yeah. so that that is the connective tissue. Yeah. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> now, as a writer, when you said connective tissue, pun intended, did you mean... <laughs> In reference to blood or in reference to the tissues you've been blowing your nose in? <laughs> uh, little column A, little column B. Uh, gross. <laughs> so, uh, they're having this discussion. Tim finally gets the boys on board, mm-hmm. and then Jill walks in, and she walks past Mark, and then Mark says, Look out, guys, she's coming! Here she comes! Just a little too late. And that actually made me laugh really hard. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, it, they establish the thing of Mark being on lookout mm-hmm. duty. We know he's going to fuck this up. and then But enough stuff happens I'm, that we forget it. I'm going to stick up for Mark here. Okay. Uh, I think this is, he recognizes this is one of the few moments when he can actually 
have control over the destinies of the people that are constantly picking on him. Mm-hmm. And so he he knows that if he says it too late, that their their plans might be spoiled. So I think he's doing it intentionally. Okay, okay. It's a, almost a cry for help in a sense, or like just him trying to assert I dominance just, in vengeance. any way possible. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. It, we we find you know it's a very much long game that actually Mark was the most twisted of all the boys. <laughs> you know what? That might end up playing out to be truer than we think. So Jill comes down and basically in conversation with them, Mark blows the lid off enough that she comes to expect like oh you're making me things that's so sweet i can't wait mm-hmm. uh and then the boys all run off to to go to school all three of them say i love you mom and i thought that was really sweet it was very sweet but even brad goes like okay bye mom love you and i was just like oh <laughs> boys you know I, not to get too bogged down in tv history but one of the things that um the show creator said when they were creating the show was that they recognized with the Connor family uh, in Roseanne and uh, Married with Children. Like, these were the, the types of family shows that were out at the time. And they're very dysfunctional. And they yeah. play that dysfunction up. And that they wanted to show a loving, working family again. Yeah. And I think that this is an interesting example of that. And, you know, and everybody everybody I talk to who has been watching the show uh, shares kind of our sentiment that, that yeah, Patricia Richardson... The way that she just kind of laughs off what mm-hmm. Tim says in this back and forth. I think that that, that is, is key to it. It's that you get all the same kind of back and forth jokes at each other's expense that you would see on a Married with Children or a Roseanne. But here, it's just the way the actors play it off is like, this is our relationship. We love each other. Yeah, absolutely. Which is nothing we haven't said before, but it just <laughs> it keeps coming back. And that's what makes it so fun. Yeah, and I think that it just proves that you can have a certain amount of sentimentality and still be funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So from this, we transition violently to tool time. Like Tim and Al fly into frame against the Binford (laughs) backdrop. And uh, a bunch of dust comes off off the sides. Yeah. And and it's the it's the salute to plungers and drain claws. I thought it was just product the Binford product cl- corner. I don't think I, they were doing a, a salute thing. Were I guess they? they weren't. No, they they weren't. They weren't. Uh, yeah, but so they're just talking about how you unclog your sink and your shower and your toilet. And yeah. it's yeah, here's the you know here's the toilet plunger and here's the uh, yeah your your standard old rubber plunger. Yeah, that I, Tim shoves in Al's face and it's yeah. like even if that has been used, like just the thought of just that. Come don't on, guy. just don't. He also plucks <laughs> one of. One of uh, Al's beard hairs. Boink. Yeah, which, again, I, whatever, Klaus, Klaus. the uh, yeah. sound guy, is right on the button with that. Trivia, the sound guy for Home Improvement is named Klaus. Oh, do you think that was intentional? Yeah, I do think so. Oh, wow, that's cool. <laughs> I am in agreement, and we agree, and there is nothing else to say. I will thank you not to steal my catchphrases. <laughs> Back the truck up. <laughs> steal someone else's. Um, Tim has been doing that catchphrase a bunch on this season, but it doesn't really bear mentioning because it's usually not that yeah, great. No. I'm going to just take a dump on that catchphrase. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just Back the <laughs> truck up. Um, so they are talking about plungers, and then it's like, oh, but if, if it's too big a job for a plunger, then you want to use the drain snake. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim then starts playing an imaginary flute. Well, at first he brings out the... Uh, oh, right. The, I don't remember what the tool was, but... Um, we do our research here. Yes. <laughs> on completely not appropriate things. But um, he goes through this whole pantomime of fishing mm-hmm. with this thing. And, you know, you've got the sound effects and you've got, you know, the whole 30 seconds of him using this tool to look like he's fishing. And we've mentioned this a few times this season. 
why have they incorporated so much pantomime? Last week, we didn't even mention the whole, the um, bird shitting on, quote unquote, shitting on Tim's shoulder. Oh, yeah. Uh, the bee that he smashes against the window frame. Like, yeah. There are just tons and tons of fake pantomimes here. Yeah. So he's doing this fishing thing. The next one, he brings out the snake, but he like fakes, uh, he pantomimes his flute. And, you know, Klaus plays some flute music over the... PA yeah and the snake you know they like it's like a snake charmer in yeah in, in a movie about India from the 70s like coming up it's like they've got a Indiana line of Jones if you want exactly exactly yeah. it's like a lot you know they've got a line attached to this coiled up drain snake and it kind of dances upward yeah and then keeps bonking into Al and I just I have so many questions about what's happening here it, if it's supposed to be real or not well no, I mean, I'm assuming it's not, but be- the fact, you know, not in terms of, like, the cartoon physics of marketing sucked in the vacuum cleaner, but... Um, I love that's just our shorthand for everything that's weird about the show now, <laughs> is Mark getting sucked into a Jill's, vacuum. It's not Jill's dream, but um, because it's not, that means that Tim has to orchestrate with stagehands these pranks that Al doesn't know about. Yeah. Because, you know, so this thing comes up and, like, starts hitting Al on the shoulder and the face. Like, so there is a stagehand behind Product Corner reeling, you know, this thing up and hitting Al on the shoulder and the face. Like, Tim had to have, or- Tim Taylor had to have orchestrated that. And that's weird to me. And then and then Al eventually gets fed up with this. So he snatches Tim's imaginary flute away, breaks it over his leg. Tim looks upset by this. And then the snake stops dancing. So it means that Al... Also, behind Tim's back, orchestrated with the stagehand to stop. Oh doing the my snake god, dance. I love it! It's it's a whole uh, which cup did I poison it, scenario. Yeah, yeah. Al knew that Tim had orchestrated this, and then didn't tell Tim that he knew, and orchestrated his own breaking the flute sound effect because Al is a mastermind um, secret agent. That is inconceivable. Uh. And yeah, uh, uh, I I just I love this idea that that tool time is is ten percent tools and ninety percent Tim and Al finding ways to prank each other and Al usually losing <laughs> a power struggle. Yeah, yes. or winning more power struggles. <laughs> uh, I the funniest moment. Well, there are so many good episodes, good moments in this episode, yeah. but for some reason, this specific moment made me laugh. So much harder and longer than I should have. They finished doing their whole their whole shtick and and plug for Binford, you know. And they, then the the music comes on to show the end of the segment. Yeah, yeah. They do the catchphrase. If it if it's not Binford, you can't flush it or something. Yeah. The music plays. You know, I don't need to sing it again. You just sang it. The music plays, and they're standing there, and then they both just sprint like in a panic to the other set it's like they stand there for a second posing and this look of panic hits them and they both flee off the screen away from the uh, away from the binford set and onto the tool time set they go running up behind the desk and then just like strike poses again it's like and now i guess uh there's no no nothing in the budget for just having a binford graphic interstitial i love i i love that i just i love so just something about the fact that this is the way they run their show, <laughs> that it's just them sprinting from one set to the next. Well, listen, Maureen wanted all of the power and she wanted all of the the producing control. This is on her head. I don't care. They're they're doing the, the product corner now as per her instructions. Yeah. 
She should have uh, thought this through. I I don't I like I'm not even complaining. I think I this know. is a great this is a great <laughs> thing. I love I love Marine's influence here. <laughs> just just see something about on a show that is so generally like kind of generic '90s sitcommy mm-hmm. thing. That bit is so weird and just kind of alt comedy that yeah. I can't get enough of it. I love it. Um, so anyway, uh, then back on the regular set for Tool Time. Uh, Tim says that he wants to pay tribute to Al's mother in yeah. honor of Mother's Day, and Al is rightfully dubious about this. <laughs> you have made fun of my mother one too many times on the show. Yeah, these yeah. are not verbatim lines, but well, yeah, that's it, the the essence that he gives. He's yeah. very. He says you you never you never pass him an opportunity to make my mother the butt of a joke, and Tim just kind of looks at the camera. The whole audience laughs and goes, "You're making it too easy for me, Al." <laughs> uh, but he says, as a peace offering, he uh, has cre- he's made a special apron mm-hmm. for uh, t- for Al's mom, uh, and then Lisa comes out carrying this comically massive flannel apron. It's so big yep. as though Al's mom is a large person herself and uh this would fit her and i'm wondering is this just tim's idea of what all mothers are just big women like obese because that's what he was railing on nana about yeah and Uh, it turns out well she was (laughs) apparently but then lost the weight yeah he shamed her into losing weight didn't he learn anything from her literally just saying, you know, all those years of you making fat jokes at my expense led me to having an eating disorder? Okay, so let's let's <laughs> let's crack this open here. You're asking, did Tim learn something? I realize uh in retrospect that the fault is mine. Yes, exactly. Thank you. By <laughs> by this point, well, I think we should know. Uh so we go from we go from Al uh, being, shall we say, dissatisfied with this Mother's Day gift, a little, uh, to the uh, transition to the door oh, of the garage. Bef- before yeah. we go uh, via this transition, um, we gotta pay tribute. Pamela Anderson. Oh yeah, Lisa Pam- is here. Lisa yeah. brings out the thing. Has. Mm. Not a single line of dialogue. You you can really, and I say this every time she's on screen. You can see it in her eyes. She does I, I not feel care. it. It's like the way that Brad is extracting things from my soul in the opening theme credits. Every time Lisa's on, I feel her just emanating these uh, dis- disdain for the show. Like like Brad is taking good feelings from inside of you, and then Pamela Anderson is giving you angry feelings. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. This. Honestly, kind of a good thing that she'll be gone after this season because as much as we love her, she is, I think, imbuing us with negativity. I want her to go on to bigger and better Baywatchy things. Well, that's she certainly does. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and also let's not forget VIP. And VIP. Yes. Um, I do want to draw attention to one little production detail D- that I, I noticed here on the Tool Time set. Uh, we've made mention of the the Lisa calendar in the background. Yes. Right? They actually changed the month on that from from episode to episode as necessary. I thought, hey, that's a that's a pretty good yeah. That must have been like an actual calendar they had made up. Yeah, good for. I mean, so we're assuming then that each episode takes place in a different month, or uh, well, I haven't been. I only noticed it this episode, but I, I have noticed that it's been different pictures. So they are at least changing the month. I don't know if it's you know to the day, but um, I find that kind of interesting. You know, good for that's. That is a lot, you know, Pamela Anderson's role is at least being in different pictures <laughs> each, uh, yeah, each exactly. episode. Yeah, huh. exactly. So, 
from tool time, we transition to the door of door leading into the garage mm-hmm. where a bunch of signs have been p- plastered up to it saying like man zone, don't come in, no <laughs> right. moms allowed, no M O M apostrophe S murdering me with your fucking grammar right I, I'm now. I'm assuming that was a, a Brad a Brad gaff. Yeah, I, I w- one would hope so, but I could also see it being a Tim gaff, given. <laughs> Fair. Just yeah. given how many, like, full-on professionally made signs have misplaced apostrophes. <laughs> uh, so they are they are in there, um, the, you know, Tim and the boys are in there hard at work. Mm-hmm. Tim has got, they, they've got, like, a special secret password grunt set up to, uh, to keep Jill from getting inside. Yes. Um, you want to go through the password? Okay. Uh. 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 You may enter. Yes. I'm so glad you didn't say too much estrogen detected, like when Jill tried to get in. <laughs> um, and, yeah, they're going through this, and... Uh, so that, yeah, so Tim and uh, Brad are passing through the kitchen on their way into the into the garage oh, to work, and Jill is desperate to get in there and see what they're making, but yeah. they are, they're trying to keep her out. At one point, she tries to knock and yeah. do the, the grunts, but Tim... Sees right through that. Um, <laughs> and on the counter is just a big old box of fruit rings. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even see that. The, the, what I'm going to assume is the Binford fruit rings, the uh, Binford version of Fruit Loops. Yes. <laughs> oh, they were, they're cereal. They're it not was like a cereal gummies. box oh. called Fruit Rings. Fruit Rings. But it was just like front and center in the, the middle of the frame. It's, it's a product placement for a fake product. <laughs> um, so inside the, Garage. Yeah. Uh, Brad has built a wonderful makeup box or a wonderful little jewelry box mm-hmm. for for Jill. Whereas Randy is trying to build a birdhouse, and his birdhouse it doesn't look so good. Also, not the best choice, Randy, because we went through a birdhouse building episode last season, and and also in this very season they had extensive problems with a bird getting too cozy at their house. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, maybe that's maybe that's all part of Randy's plan. It's just like whatever torment I can bring to my father. Okay, okay, and I respect his long game there. But in this case, <laughs> what's tormenting Randy's father is the fact that his birdhouse kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And Tim is saying, like, oh, well, I can put that in the miter box and level off the these and that's yeah. and sand down the this thing and renail the that. And and Randy just keeps saying, like, yeah, but I don't I don't want to do this. Like, I'm not good at this. Yeah. Like, why can't can't I just buy her something? He actually says, She'll love any junk that I get her. Yeah. In true sociopathic, I have no empathy or caring for other people's uh, emotions. And and Tim says, uh, oh, God, why don't you put that on the card? And <laughs> he says he says to him, I don't like doing this stuff, Dad. I didn't want to do this in the first place. She's going to love any piece of junk that I give her. I mean, and so part of it is coming from this <clears throat> place of, like, ah, typical Randy laziness. But part of it that really spoke to me is Randy expressing like, dad, I'm not good at the thing that you do. I don't want it. Like, I love my mom. I want to show my love for her. This is not the way that I can do that. And that, you know, because for me, whenever I see Tim getting excited about going and building stuff and tools and everything, it's like, this does this does nothing for me. I don't understand yeah. why he finds this interesting. And so I really identified with Randy in that scene, which is kind of scary when you think about all the other things you've said about Randy. That's right. The fact that you can identify means that you are not a psychopath. Uh, the, well, the fact that I can, oh, and it means that he is so good at covering for his psychopathy that he uh, <laughs> don't. don't. <laughs> Sam's not here. Okay, okay. I don't have to. I don't have to play by her rules. Uh, I would say sorry, Sam, but I'm not going to say sorry, Sam. Ooh, 
you're going to acknowledge that you could have done it, but then not do it to add extra Psychopathy. Insult. Yes. <laughs> his, his, his psychopathy is such that he can cover for it and make me empathize with him, which mm-hmm. is what all the best psychopaths do. Yeah, there you go. Um, so he, he winds up, you know, Tim, so Tim kind of challenges him like, well, okay, well, fine, then I'll, I'll just build it. And, and Randy goes, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks, Dad. And Randy just leaves. <laughs> and Tim is kind of left there holding the, the birdhouse. And uh, then a blue graphic of a bird that looks exactly like the Twitter logo <laughs> flies out and into the screen. Uh, I'm just saying that Jim Prater might have a uh, uh, logo branding identity lawsuit on his hands. That's the technical term, logo branding identity lawsuit. I'm a lawyer. Uh, reach out to me. You know, it's too bad that we were just shit-talking Sam because she actually is a lawyer and could probably help us with that. <laughs> Can she sue me over the pronunciation of psychopathy, psychopathy? Well, Landon, uh, you can't sue someone over a phrase. <laughs> Fraser officially leaving the building because this impression is not that good. Oh, man. Um, I love it. I hope it never goes away. Let's do a podcast where we'll, you're only speaking as Fraser. We'll, we'll spin it off and it'll run for like 10 seasons. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but this transition takes us to the, the living room yes. where Brad uh, has Randy in a Norwegian death hold. I, yeah, it's like he's got his legs. He's he's trying to push Randy's legs like up into Randy's yeah. face. They're basically. they're watching wrestling on TV, and Brad's trying to emulate uh, this move. Yeah, and Randy's like, "I don't think you're doing it right because I can still breathe." <laughs> and then and then Brad pushes even harder until until Randy's kneecaps are basically up his nose. You just hear Rand- Randy go, "Oh, it's working!" <laughs> <laughs> um. And what we didn't see off camera was that Randy requested that to happen. Oh, he wanted he he, he wanted to feel something, anything mm-hmm. he could. Also, his back was all fucked up, and that was a good way to stretch it out. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so uh, Jill comes in and is at, asks Randy, like, "Hey, why aren't you out in the why aren't you out in the garage uh, working on my project?" And mm-hmm. and he says, "Oh, da- Dad's working on it." And Jill, it's kind of weird to me that Jill is interrogating Randy so much about why he's not building her a gift, but <laughs> yeah, right. it's also important for the plot that she do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, and, but, I mean, what we get out of that is that Tim, uh, Randy's just like, um, well, I don't care about tools, that's why I'm not out there working yeah. on it, like, that's just not what I'm interested in. And, and she says, well, then why did you try to make me something? And Randy goes, well, Dad said I had to. So then Jill goes into the garage, she... Mm-hmm. Knocks on the door and and Tim says, "What's the password?" Uh, and and she says, "I'm I'm your wife. Let me in." <laughs> it's a great password, honestly. Yeah. He goes, "Access granted." <laughs> uh, and so she comes in and is is kind of grilling Tim about like, "Well, why are you why why are you you know why are you making him do a thing for me that he doesn't want to do?" When I said I wanted the boys to get me something from the heart, I wanted it to be something that they wanted to do. For yeah, me. and she actually has a quote here that um, I think is really astute, which yeah. is. I have faith in my boys to pick the perfect gift on their own. Yeah, yeah. And then Tim says, do you have the same faith in me? And she goes, no. <laughs> uh, but she she makes this point that we've kind of identified through the series. She says, Randy's different. He likes performing. He likes ventriloquism. He likes magic. He likes the skin of others on the, <laughs> his face. He likes the thrill of the hunt. He likes the most dangerous game. <laughs> he likes wrapping his hands around a man's neck and watching the light go out from behind his eyes. And taunting the police and writing in ciphers and tearing turtles out of their shells he likes drawing little snowmen on the notes that he leaves for the cops <laughs> oh um he likes sharpening knives <laughs> so she she makes this point to him and and tim you know takes it in his own tim way 
and then and then Jill says so she you know he says well do you have the same faith in me and Jill goes no and then she basically to absolve Tim of trying to build her something says look just 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 take me out to a nice dinner and that's that's fine that's all you have to do and Tim goes like what was the name of the place Chez Chez Paris or something like that (laughs) yeah she's like uh I tried to get reservations at Chez Paris but uh they were booked you know months in advance and then Tim calls out from the other room is like well Good thing I called a month ago to make a reservation, to which she's genuinely surprised and appreciative of this. And can I say, um, I was genuinely surprised and appreciative, too. And I was like, look oh. at you loving your wife. Look at you being a good <laughs> husband. Tim, Tim, you you know what? You'd get some tonight if I were your wife, because I appreciate that. Uh, kind of creepy, now that I think about what I just said <laughs> onto the podcast that people listen to, including my parents. Well, um, they... They wouldn't have sex because they only have sex when they need to make up for a problem. So he's doing the right thing, which means he's not going to get any. No wonder Tim is such a shit husband most of the time because he knows (laughs) that that's the only way he can get some. Exactly. There. So we've cracked. Negative reinforcement. We've cracked home improvement. We've figured out the entire show. Um, So Tim has got them. Yeah, reservation for five at this restaurant. And I'm like, wait, romantic dinner, fancy restaurant. You're bringing your three boys who got kicked out of a Pizza Pete's Pizza Pagoda. Yeah, but they went through Tim's rigorous uh, adventures in fine dining training uh, where they all were able to go through the the proper etiquette for eating a wood toy block that was on their plates back in season one. Well, and the only way that they learned that lesson was by chasing Tim around carrying a piece of raw chicken. So <laughs> right. we're assuming that, that before they go out to dinner, Tim has tuckered the boys out chasing around the backyard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so Tim has just, he's just, he's brought the plane in, the husband, the relationship plane in for a perfect landing at the Love Airport yeah, this makes sense. This keep going, Truman. Yeah, and, no, no. Uh, I I'm envisioning Chez Paris being the restaurant at the airport, much like uh, LAX, where you have the spinning restaurant. Yeah, 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 uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Encounters yeah. where they serve you a Caesar salad, where it's like huge pieces of romaine lettuce bound together with a single crouton ring holding them all together. I, Are you sure you weren't eating your napkin? Oh shit! And that was a napkin holder. I thought that was a really <laughs> bad salad. I was so dry. Um, and also, yeah, blue. Yeah, okay, you're right. You know what? Maybe that restaurant wasn't quite as adventurous as I thought it was. <laughs> uh, so, they, they, anyway, he's doing so great. Jill's mm. walking out, and Tim needlessly says, Wow, man, I, it just it's amazing how much uh, thought and work gets put into this uh, stupid little holiday or this meaningless holiday. And yep. Jill walks right back in and challenges Tim on what he said. And. Tim basically says, like, ah, yeah, it was invented by the, the card companies and the restaurants to try and do extra business. And she, she says something about, like, oh, you think women don't deserve a holiday for going through the pain of childbirth and labor? <laughs> and Tim then says the line that I wrote down, uh, um, that we, we do have a day for that. That's Labor Day. Oh, <laughs> Right, and we get a uh, American flag transition, and we stood up and saluted <laughs> right into the backyard the, where we meet Mr. Wilson and Mrs. Wilson. What? Not his wife. Oh no, his mom. Oh, it, you know, rather fitting considering it's a Mother's Day episode. I know. It's almost like, like they planned that. I know. It's it's like in this episode, instead of just having a bunch of random things happen, <laughs> they actually said, "Hey, what are a bunch of plot threads that can all center around a central idea?" <laughs> But the uh, his mother isn't introduced right away. He's putting up this flag, and he's giving this whole spiel about 
um, that he's commemorating the upcoming holiday. In 1914, Mother's Day was named as an official holiday uh, and displaying the flag is meant to show blah, blah, blah. It was issued by president. Yeah, and, and Tim cuts him off and says, Wilson. And then Wilson goes, very good neighbor, Woodrow <laughs> Wilson. But It's a great little exchange. And this is something I didn't know. But yeah, apparently Mother's Day was created by an act of Congress uh, to show patriotism by honoring the mothers who nurture the people of our great nation. You know, if Woodrow Wilson did anything, it was uh, that. Uh, he, <laughs> Yeah, he was also... Uh, I mean, he was also pretty damn racist. He was one of the more racist presidents. Mm. So, I mean, it, you know, it, don't know how it all balances. But, hey, good on good on that one, Woody. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, and then in the process of, of talking about this, we hear a, a woman's voice, an older woman's voice mm-hmm. from the backyard, and then get this shot from behind of a little old lady wearing a, a hat in the backyard with Wilson. Covering her face, of course. Yes. Um, and this is actually played by an actress. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I mean, it was, obviously it wasn't like CGI, but yeah. um, even though we don't get to see her face, uh, I'd like to open up a uh, character actor corner here. Open it up, uh, crack it open. Even though we can't see her face, this woman is a pretty prolific character actor. Uh, her name is Anne Morgan Guibert. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. G U I L B E R T. Uh, 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 original Grunthead Scott Kiersey, you did you did such great work uh, helping us out with the production of um, accoutrement accoutrements. Yeah. yeah. So can you can you also which just... for those who don't follow us on Twitter, uh, it's both. It's both. We're all winners. Yeah. Except for the people that actually use accoutrements, because come on, guys. Yeah. Accoutrement. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Scott, just figure out the pronunciation of this uh, character actress's name. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> uh, but she she goes back to like the Alfred Hitchcock hour, the Dick Van Dyke show. Damn. Uh, yeah, I mean, Dick she Van is Damn. playing um, Wilson's mother, so she is you know an older actress. Okay, uh, but we didn't see her face though. They could have had a nine year old. <laughs> <laughs> Where they could have, it could have been Zachary Ty Bryan for all we know, uh, but she was on like the Andy Griffith show, the oh. new Andy Griffith show. Wait, there was a new Andy Griffith show that uh, is now another in, old Andy Griffith in show? in 1971. Uh, didn't last too long, hmm. but um, yeah, she played Millie Helper on uh, the Andy Griffith show. Oh, um, she was on the Ghostbusters, not. The real Ghostbusters, but oh. the Ghostbusters cartoon so, series. The, the new Andy Griffith show and the fake Ghostbusters show. <laughs> Picket Fences, The Nanny. How uh, appropriate that Wilson's mom was on a show called Picket Fences. <laughs> That's perfect. That's probably how she got the role, man. It's like, oh, oh she's man. clearly studied up on fence-based yeah, acting. Yeah, right. Uh, she was working um, up until her death, which uh, she passed away in 2016. Oh, wow. Uh, so she, she outlived. actually outlived Earl Hinman. Pouring one um, out on your carpet. And uh, she was on, like, Getting On was one of her most Damn. recent credits. So she is, uh, to say prolific is uh, the term I'm going to go with. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, I was going to say uh, something sweet to honor her, and then I realized I'd forgotten her name. Um <laughs> Anne Morgan Guibert. Anne Morgan Guibert, we sing in your honor, but we're not actually going to sing because that would be terrible. <laughs> uh, that's and you know she does a great job in this episode as mm-hmm. as Wilson's mom. Wilson explains that he has flown her down from the Yukon for Mother's Day, the Yukon territory, so they can go to Greek Town and drink ouzo and dance some traditional Greek dance. So a is Wilson effing Canadian this whole time? B, Surprise. is Wilson effing Greek Canadian? Is that a thing? 
Like, this anything open... can be a thing. I suppose, yeah, all things are things. It's just, it's I learned, they gave us so much more to unpack about Wilson in a very, and they just tossed it off there in like a very short oh, period of time. Oh, yeah. by the way, he's got a mom. Oh, she's from Canada. Oh, Greek heritage. Uh, oh, well, Congress you, created Mother's Day. Do you think she moved to Canada or do you think that's where they're from? Do a lot of people from America just move to Canada unless they're like true. trying to get unless they've got like a medical condition yeah. and they need the free health care? You but don't like, move north when you get older. You move south. So if yeah. you're if you are north, you stay north. It's like if you like who really moves from Michigan to Canada when it's the same climate? <laughs> <laughs> move there. That's a good question. We did definitely go over the bridge to Windsor. Oh, sure. Uh, to drink because the drinking age was eighteen. Oh yeah. And this is before rascals. <laughs> Before uh, you needed a passport. Oh. Um, but moving there? No, that's a different story. Hmm. Hmm. So maybe Wilson is Canadian. How weird is that? That God is from Canada? That. <laughs> well, also, but they're, what they're... And this is... Oh, this is the guy I note that I wrote. Like, uh, if Wilson's God... I mean, we're, we're mixing uh, oh. our... Well, Greek. <laughs> if Wilson is a Greek God, his mother is Gaia. That's the one. <laughs> that's our thing now. Wilson isn't God. Wilson is Zeus. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We're taking this to whole new levels. Okay, okay, okay. Or is all religion based on a singular, uh, unknown, divine entity, creator of the universe? Not nearly as funny as all of the Wilson as Zeus jokes you can make for the next few years now. Fair. Running off of this. Wilson Wilson chucking thunderbolts at yeah. people. Wilson turning ladies into cows. To be completely fair, I just want to acknowledge the theory that the fan theory world guys put out there that uh wilson is odin so uh, there's correlation there but for our purposes we'll go with uh zeus for a bit so I, wilson and wilson's mom give tim some advice about mother's mm-hmm. day that's i mean i don't think it's especially groundbreaking or revelatory the coolest part of it is that wilson is quoting something and then wilson's mom corrects him on what the quote is yeah Almost uh, a, a calling back last week when Tim and uh, Wilson were sparring over yeah. quotes. Uh, yeah. Tim demonstrating a strange aptitude for remembering things. Maybe Tim has been talking to Wilson's mom this whole time, <laughs> getting, getting updates. Also, yeah. at one point, Wilson's mom is shorter than Wilson, so all we see are her hands like coming up above the fence. Yeah, but at one point, oh god, you you mentioned the uncanny valley earlier, and I when they're talking earlier in the scene, I saw the hole in the fence and. It, like, immediately brought back horrifying memories to me. I'm like, oh, my God, that's going to happen soon. And I think it's – it it is – because that terrifies me, just that idea of seeing – there's this shot. There's this movie called A Bay of Blood <laughs> from 1971 directed by Mario Bava. Uh, that, that sounds exactly like a Mario Bava movie. It's, it's a, a precursor to the slasher film. Mm-hmm. And there's this long zoom shot of something very similar to this where you just see – that this eye has been watching through this kind of hole in the wall this entire time, and it terrifies me. And this shot, I want to say, is like the beginning of where that, like, an eyeball watching you through something originated. So what you're saying is this episode completely rips off Mario Bava. This is one big <laughs> one big tribute to Italian horror in the Mother's Day episode exactly, of Home Improvement. Yes. I mean, you are a big Mario Bava fan, and mm-hmm. you did love this episode. It would make sense. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrifying. Uh, oh, I want to say that I will pull a gif of it, but I don't know that I have the, the courage. To, to, to Tim's credit, he goes down to look through the, the eye hole and sees the eye staring Ugh. back at him, and he is freaked out by it, too. So in that moment, we were all Tim. <laughs> 
Um, so, but I think that basically the advice they give is just like, yeah, get her something from the heart. Do something emotional, which is more or less the advice yeah. Wilson gave Tim on Jill's birthday last year. So, yeah, Tim, get a notepad, write these things down. Wilson recycling his advice. Yes. Uh, but this takes us to tool time, our <sighs> second tool time scene. Uh, in one episode. It's a bumper crop of Tool Time segments. <laughs> and, oh boy, is this yet... Uh, the first one, we got our Lisa appearance. Yeah. We get an unexpected can-be construction appearance. I just... It just... I get so happy when these guys show up. They run out. They have their own theme music that plays. This is <laughs> yep. in the past. Like, they've played this music in the past, and I've just been like, oh, that's just a song that they're playing while these guys run out. But I'm realizing, no, they play the same kind of, like remix of tool noises every time they come out and i just love that they've got their own theme it makes me <laughs> so so happy um so they come out to talk about mixing cement yeah uh lo and behold they, they don't get around to mixing cement surprisingly they don't get interrupted by tim going into a completely other segment <laughs> yes they they themselves become the other segment yes well uh, one of them does our, yeah. our beloved mickey jones as pete bilker yes uh who wants to uh, recite a poem in honor of his mother? Um, <laughs> boy, does he ever! And he uh, he says, "Do you want to? Do you want to take this?" <laughs> I mean, I didn't memorize the poem. I didn't memorize the poem, but he what he says is like, uh, you know, my mom can't can't be here today. She's up at Michigan <laughs> right, State, yeah. and uh, Tim goes university, and he goes penitentiary, <laughs> and and then Rock or one of the other ones says, "Pete, this is neither the time nor the place." And Pete goes, yeah, "She was framed." <laughs> So much going on there, yeah. I love that they they've created this real world that these K and B construction guys live in. Why didn't K and B construction get a spinoff? Because these guys, uh, these guys are brilliant actors. They had to have had talks about it, right? I mean, it, that had to have been a thing in the executive offices. And I have to say, it, it occurred to me watching this time, the K&B construction guys really feel like characters from a Coen Brothers movie. <laughs> really? Like, okay. One of, one of, one of the, certainly not like No Country for Old Men, but like one of their one of their goofier comedies, or like I could see these guys being in Raising Arizona or mm -hmm. something. Like the way that they. They have that kind. Of, the way that the Coen Brothers in their movies will will make movies about sort of, you know, simple country folk who yeah. who nonetheless uh, are intelligent and have like this very uh, colloquial. I'll throw another five dollar word in there. Idiosyncratic <laughs> way of speaking. <laughs> you know, but in a way, it kind of feels like an inverse because I feel like in most Coen Brother movies, they're the the quaintness of the character is often um, I don't want to say undermined, but there's something uh, kind of malicious. I'm thinking like John Goodman and William Forsythe who are like, who are uh, maybe not well-intentioned, but they're, it's counterbalanced by their stupidity, you know? Yeah. So there's, that's where the thing comes from. This one, it's, it's the inverse of that where they're really well-intentioned yeah. and good at their job. So it's like, it, they're, they're a bunch of owls. It really, it really does uh, remind me of, of John Goodman and William Forsyth in Raising Arizona. We're just going to go into Truman's Raising Arizona Corner for a second because I love that movie. <laughs> the but Cohen or... That, there you go. That, that's actually the person who comes when you have been killed in a Cohen Brothers movie. The, it's like, oh man, stuffed He's into busy. a wood chipper. Ugh. And it's usually Steve Buscemi because he yeah. dies in all their movies. Um, no, but I think... John Goodman and William Forsythe in that they feel, I think, the most similar to the K&B construction guys in that they are these kind of manly, typical, typically manly dudes, blue collar dudes who nonetheless have this very kind of 
I, I don't know, like sweet, almost familial relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Like John Goodman and, and and William Forsyth in that movie are like a married couple. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, works what's kept us happy all these years. And, you know, <laughs> when, when they've when they've stolen the baby together, they're like so nurturing of it. And so I see I see a parallel between them. Yeah, right? I could so absolutely see that. There's a little John Down independent film from the late <laughs> 80s lane. Uh, but Pete reads his poem and it's all, you know, dedicated to his mother. And it's very, very sweet and really, really funny, actually. It's like, you know, you, uh, you, you bailed me out of jail, uh, you know, when... Yeah, what did Pete go to jail for? I don't know. Well, maybe... I, say, I feel like he must have been framed, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's well, too sweet to have done, like, he just wasn't running with a bad crowd or something. It's too many parking tickets, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, but no, it's something like she, she etched the, the pattern for his tattoo that yeah. says mother, mother. Like, he, the refrain this of this is poem is mother, mother. Just like a really well-written bit, because he goes into two verses that are like... Who did this? Who did this? Mother. Mother. Yeah. Who did this? Who did this? Mother. Mother. Who did this? Who did this? Father. Well, when when I, you know, when I cut my thumb off, uh, who saved it in a jar? Father. Father. Who sewed it back on again? Mo- mother. Mother. So it, it just had that kind of great uh, rhythm to it. Yeah, we should we should have written that down. It was a beautiful <laughs> poem. Uh, I know it exists on YouTube. I'll find yeah, the, the yeah, clip yeah. and post it. it it's great. Uh, so he, so yeah, he does this sweet little poem, mm-hmm. and then that's it. That's that's the whole point of again the KMB construction guys coming on not to further the plot in any way, shape, or form. But I'm just glad they're there. I would co- I would complain if it wasn't so great. I know, like, right? I, we've been tough on the show for having needless tool time bits before, but th- these ones are so good. <laughs> like there's like uh, they these ones brought so much joy. Th- this is the full realization of what I complained about when we first started the podcast, how it didn't feel like they were taking full advantage of Tim being a TV personality. Yeah, right. They are taking full advantage. Mm-hmm. And much respect, and my hard hat goes off to you. Uh, the, the bit ends with uh, with uh, Pete holding up, giving a big thumbs up to his mother over the camera, and it's uh, attached very crookedly. Uh, which, having just recently seen The Shape of Water, which has a rather extensive <laughs> subplot about detached and reattached fingers, that yep. made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, so, and then back at home... Yep, we're uh, in the dining room. It's nighttime. They're getting ready to go to Chez Paris. And all the boys are dressed up in their little 90s suits. <laughs> and uh, and then Tim is helping Randy drag a large... Oh, my God. Cr- uh, like trunk mm-hmm. large enough to fit a man inside of <laughs> out into the into the living room with the great randini written on the side yeah i i want to go into something before because there's a lot to unpack with this this chest and this magic trick and everything that the, happens the chest with is randy. one of the things to unpack oh my god they so they're getting ready for randy to do his trick uh and jill's coming down and they're presenting themselves you know all dressed up in their little suits and they start rearranging themselves oh god i didn't even <laughs> is this their natural state is constantly well this is my question is like um you and i are both only children yes and i'm wondering in families where there are kids of three or more how efficient do you think kids are at arranging themselves <laughs> Because this seems to be an a reoccurring thing with them. I suppose, yeah, I, I guess I've never even really had to consider the idea that there would be so many children in a family that they need to organize themselves. <laughs> that, yeah. Rule number one of parenting, teach your kids to self-organize. <laughs> Rule number two of parenting, uh, Don't talk sex. about parenting. <laughs> Rule number three of parenting, have sex to solve all your problems. <laughs> Rule, num- Rule four of parenting, two people to a fight. Uh <laughs> 
Yes. And rule number five, if it's your first night at parenting club, you have to parent. <laughs> Went all over with that. Yeah. Really top, I, When do you think the first rule of blank is don't talk about blank second rule is don't talk about blank when do you think that joke will officially be too old or are we there already we're we're there okay. we just did it nice nice <laughs> i think we we were the tim allen to mother-in-law joke for the fight club joke oof brain twister but i think i get what you're going for tim killed the mother-in-law joke and we just killed the fight club joke video killed the radio star uh it's a triple homicide <laughs> so the boys are all dressed up uh uh, Jill comes downstairs all mm-hmm. dressed up. They are ready to go to their nice dinner. But before they leave, you know, the the boys present their gifts. Yeah. Brad with his uh, jewelry box. Mark with his popsicle stick recipe box. And and so let me point out, all of the boys' gifts to their mom are box-oriented. Mm-hmm. It's a box for your, uh, you know, a box <laughs> for your jewelry, a box for your recipes, a box for your husband. Because yeah. sure enough... Randy opens this trunk and it's like, okay, we're going to have Tim get in here and I'm going to make him disappear. Yeah. Um, and this begins our descent into Randy's psychopathy. Yes. Psychopathy. Um, if you say it both ways, we're not offending Sam the way we want to be. That's <laughs> So he opens this trunk. Tim is his assistant. Tim's doing this flamboyant, you know, fun little thing. He's he's being... Chevy inter- Chase in the in the You Can Call Me All video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, he's, you know, he's mugging. Um, but he, he's letting Randy be front and center, which I appreciate. Good, good for him. Good fathering. Randy opens up the, the trunk. Very similarly sized and, and shaped and everything to a trunk belonging to one of our near and dear very first guest star on the show. Mr. Sir Larry. Mr. Sir Larry? Mr. Sir Larry. I don't think that's how it goes. But yes. Damn it. I've been calling Mr. Ben Kingsley uh, wrong. Mr. Sir, I fucked up that Mr. Joke. Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Well, you know, if he keeps if he keeps getting together with you for, for beers, then evidently he's not offended yeah, by it. there you it. go. Okay. Hey, you know, he wants to be... Ben Kingsley, Mr. Ben Kingsley, Ben as we call him, he's just like the rest of us. He doesn't want to be rubbed in his face all the time that he got knighted. Oh my God. Listen, I would get beers with Sir Ben Kingsley any day of the week, just, so... Just chat about Gandhi. Give me, a, give me a call, Benny. And then Benny Hill calls you. <laughs> Benny Hill's dead. And then he goes running out of the phone booth, gets chased by a bunch of cops... <laughs> And then, like, a sexy woman chases him back into the phone booth, and the phone booth blasts off into space. That's not how yakety sax goes. No, it's not. Um, but I appreciated it. <laughs> the, uh, he opens up the trunk. He starts doing his bit. And Tim is his assistant. And he goes, Randy starts going. He's been practicing his jokes from season one of, <laughs> you know, delivering these knock-knock type jokes. Uh, opens the trunk and goes, oh, well, before my assistant can get in, I got to remove my previous assistant. And pulls out a skeleton. Oh, man. And, you know, like, I get we we reach sometimes for uh, theories and jokes on this on our show, Grunt Work, but this one, he he lobbed it right on. to us. It's like he looked it's like he looked into the camera in the opening <laughs> credits. It was like, this one's for you guys. Seriously, Sir Larry never let out of the trunk. We haven't let him out of our hearts. Yeah. And he brings out a trunk where there's a skeleton inside. Randy, who who we routinely implicate as a murderer who is supposedly killing people and making them disappear, this all plays right into our hands. Oh my god. Um, does it ever. Yeah. He starts doing this thing, his trick. Uh, Tim's gonna get in. Randy locks it shut yeah. and spins it around and then does his, his abracadabra line. Yeah. And taps on the thing, opens it up. Point of order. 
to, okay. to call into one of your phrases. The trick is meant for the studio audience, not for Jill. Yeah, Jill isn't even facing... Jill is off to the side where she would be able to see Tim fall out of the back of the, the trunk. Like, they, they spin the trunk around, open it again, and then they both kind of tilt it forward. It's on hinges so yeah. that it can and rotate forward a bit. Yeah. So, and you yeah. can see that Tim had is not inside. But yes. the, the trick is that it has a false bottom yeah. that Tim is behind the false bottom. Yes. And Jill is looking right at him yeah. from her vantage point. Uh, maybe not a nuance we need to pick out because how else are you going to do that for the cameras? But I, you know, have Jill stand with her back to the cameras and the <laughs> audience for complete realism. That's I demand nothing less from my '90s sitcoms. Um, okay, so that that drawn attention to he finished perform uh, finishes performing his task. Um, his trick <laughs> where he shuts the drawer, spins it around again, does another tap, opens it. Oops. No more Tim. Tim's not there. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then Jill is like, okay, boys, let's go. Let's go to dinner. And just round, rounds up the boys. Yeah. But they leave not before locking it. Yes. Which, this is my question. Uh, feels like Randy is orchestrating this on purpose. Yeah. He knows that, uh, well, a, Tim is in there. Yeah. <laughs> so this has to all be part of the act. Yeah. Um. And he's going to lock his father in a trunk for at least four hours. I mean, but how much work? This is exactly what happened to Sir Larry, though. <laughs> he is putting his father through that. Yeah. What What I want to know is, did being babysat by a magician who then locked himself in a trunk, is that what made Randy want to be a magician? Well, maybe, yeah. He's just like assuming his identity. He realizes, okay, Sir Larry, maybe not my first victim, but a victim yeah. uh, that I have killed. and. Yeah. Uh, there is an identity out there that I can assume. Yeah. And so by the time I'm of age to assume Sir Larry's identity, he'll have, you know, people will think he has died and passed on and there will be nothing on the books of him actually dying. So I, that's an identity that I can step into. Oh. I need to start learning and assuming his traits now so that I will be able to uh, enact them. Authentically later. It's another Shawshank Redemption bit where he just, he, you know, after, after you know, tunneling out of the house, he then becomes Sir Larry. Exactly, yeah. And then, like, Kaiser Soze, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah. As played by Christopher Plummer in The Usual Suspects. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they all go off to dinner. They leave the house. And then... <laughs> they leave Tim in the trunk. And then we just hear Tim, like, hammering on the inside of the box, saying, like, oh, let me out. And the box is kind of... You know, shaking and moving around. around. Then he, he proclaims, something's moving in here. Yeah. Maybe it's Sir Larry. That True. The yeah. ghost of Sir Larry is haunting uh, uh, the great Randini's uh, magic chest. And then and then maybe the, you know, and now maybe Tim is possessed by the ghost of Sir Larry. Maybe we've got an exorcism coming up. <laughs> wow. A lot of, lot of interesting options. Big, big climaxes for season two. Here. Oh, I know. I know. And I think they're going to lay that down. That'll be a season three climax. <laughs> season, season three, most of it will be very horror oriented with Tim being possessed by an an old man who was knighted for some reason. Maybe Sir Larry's been with us all along, and he was haunting that uh, that helicopter <laughs> and by by Birdie and the woodpecker too. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, he was in the snake. He's like he's just trying to do anything he can to get Tim and Jill or anyone to find his body. Yeah, it's like the sixth it's, sense. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think that Sir Larry. You know, what What? What better magic trick than haunting an entire family and fucking with them for years and years? Like, if you really love blowing people's minds with unexpected and inexplicable things, that that is it. That yes. is, he is, he is 
dare I say it, an even better magician than Chris Angel. Ooh. I know. Wow. I know. There's, I, it's blasphemy. I'm, I know. <laughs> and from that, we go to the set of Tool Time. We get our stinger. Oh, my oh, God. God. This stinger did not sting. It was just it was, beautiful. It melted like sweet, sweet candy over my eardrums. Because, folks, Al is singing. Oh, my God. Backed up by the K&B guys. They are doing a barbershop quartet, a construction site quartet, (laughs) Uh, a song dedicated to mother. Yeah. And the song is just all like it's Al singing his way through the letters of the word mother and what Mm -hmm. each one stands for. A very Nat King Cole. Yeah. Type of thing. And as he's singing, each of the, like, the K&B guys each have a tool, and then Tim is also very reluctantly taking part in this. Each and, tool is in the shape of a letter from the alphabet, or from yeah. the word mother. Yeah, Tim, <clears throat> Tim's got, like, some kind of, uh... It's a, not a slide ruler, but one of those uh, bendy rulers. Yeah, that, that's an M, and then, like, Pete is holding a circular saw blade mm-hmm. that's an O, and... There's a, a T ruler yeah, exa- for the T, so you get the point. Yeah, yeah, like, and what Al eventually comes up with for the R is a, is a tape measure bent into that yeah, shape. Yeah, and then he bends it into the shape of an R. But they just, they just sing this sweet-ass song about how much they love their moms with the with the K&B guys kind of backing Al up. Yeah. And, and then in the end, they all kind of kneel holding up their, uh, their spelled, you know, spelled out mother with uh, tool bits. Yeah. And it was great. I'm, I'm going to give us both uh, some Kleenex here. Okay. Uh, thank you. There you go. And Why I'm are we miming some, this? Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> we have to pay honor to home improvement and actually go through the pantomime. Oh, okay. Fine. Okay. <laughs> um, now, we have to dab the egg off our faces. All right. <laughs> because... We have railed, and I will take the bulk of the blame for this, on acapella. Yes, we have. (laughs) Oh, God. But this was amazing. This was really good. Um, And it may be difficult to hear the words I'm saying through the mouthfuls of crow that I am eating. (laughs) But yeah, this was was really some great acapella work that I think that made up for... um, the previous, and I don't want to invite trouble by calling out the previous acapella groups who have upset me, but this <laughs> was real nice. And well, it just makes me wonder why for the Christmas episode didn't they just have the K and B guys come on and do an? I mean, I would have been more into that rather than the Manhattan Transfer. Uh, I I don't. You know what? I'll say it. Voldemort. No. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I got no fear. Um, is is it still recording? Yeah, no, no. Okay. We still seem to be going. Okay, great. I, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Manhattan transfer stole whatever thought you were going to have next. <laughs> it shut me down, not the recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a great, a great episode. A truly wonderful, lovely episode. If you watch one episode of Home Improvement this year, did I say that already? <laughs> you did. But... If you watch two episodes of Home Improvement this year, watch this episode twice. <laughs> oh wow! Um, Glowing review. I, speaking of glowing, uh, this episode was practically glowing with a full 16 grunts. Uh, Tim grunts a lot. There's yeah. the grunting to get into the garage. Mm-hmm. He, he makes the, the, the kids grunt. Yeah. yeah. Although I did not count those grunts because I swear to fucking God, <laughs> I am only counting Tim's grunts and people keep getting after me about this. It's only Tim's. It's the one thing people contact us about the most. I know. I know. Seriously. I got, are, you, I, are you counting other people's grunts? No. 
You're not. Uh, no, I'm clearly Whose not. Whose grunts are you counting? Only Tim's. Only Tim's. Do you not listen to the episodes, man? I was actually just saying it. It's almost comical that you <laughs> was... wouldn't hear this point that I was trying to make. <laughs> I was being the uh, the front man for all the letters we get. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Yes. People are sending us change.org petitions. <laughs> They aren't even petitioning us for anything. They're all just saying, why are you not counting all the other grunts? <laughs> There's a whole subreddit dedicated to, is Truman counting other people's grunts on the show or just Tim's? And that's actually the name of the subreddit. And it's surprising <laughs> that it has 30,000 members when it's so difficult to type in. I, I, I don't know. Guys, I'm just saying I've, made, I've stated my, my, my piece on this and no one respects it. I respect it. Thank you, Landon. At least I have you. This is a safe space. So yeah, 16 grunts. All from Tim, because he's, his are the ones that I'm counting. you have anything else from this episode that we haven't countered? That's, that's, all, that's all I got. That's all the news that's fit to grunt. <laughs> all right. Well, then um, you can find all sorts of information about this episode and more on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Com. That's the one. Uh, there you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is uh, the best way to be notified of new episodes and get caught up with all the other shenanigans that we do. Well, uh, maybe not all the shenanigans. I mean, people don't need to know what I had for lunch. Yeah, well... Is I, that a shenanigan? That wouldn't have been... Is eating a shenanigan? A shenanigan I, I, well, I don't know. Uh, Anthony Bourdain makes eating look like a shenanigan. I'll give you that. <laughs> there you go. Um, we've also launched a merchandise page filled to the brim with uh, home improvement items curated from Amazon. Just slopping over with merch. <laughs> so, if you're looking to get uh, the DVD box set, uh, it's uh, it'll not only fill out your home improvement collection, but uh, it'll also help support our show. Yes. Um... And it comes in a festive toolbox-style carrying case. <laughs> it does, yes. Uh, if you enjoyed our show, please share it wherever you can and consider leaving us a, an iTunes review. These things uh, really help other people find us in this this vast space of the internet. Yeah. Um, plus, hey, remember, you, yeah, every time you spread the word about us. Uh, we'll fly you down from the Yukon and take you out to Greektown for a night of dancing and ouzo. You know what, man? That's one of the things I miss about Detroit. Greektown has some fantastic food. Yeah. Oh my god, the feta, the Greek salads from out there, like Oof. just the gyros, gyros. Yeah, yeah. Well, Euros? actually, Landon, it's gyros. <laughs> Fraser is still in the well, building. Well, if I'm, can you help me find? If the I'm exit? my father's son, it's a gyro. <laughs> um, Kramer calls him gyros too. It's fine. More '90s sitcoms, <laughs> all of them. You can. Uh, Follow us on all the various social media places, which is at Grunt Work Pod. And with that, you know what I think? I think that I want to start a business that sells euros, but I want to get a helicopter that I sell them out of, so I could call it a Eurocopter slash a Gyrocopter. I've been Truman Caps. Who have you been? Your partner in crime, Landon Solano. And then this show that we have both been on has been called Grunt, Grunt Work. Work. Should we put the kids in the middle? <laughs> Fraser. Dr. Fraser Crane. Fraser. Well, Landon, I don't think you said that quite the way I would have liked. Well, now, Landon, I don't think that's quite what we'd say. I'm practicing my Fraser. I love it. I have to be re- you might You might fuck up something you're saying again, and I have to be ready. There's, a, there's an episode of Cheers where uh, Fraser and Sam are, are talking about some crazy person that they know. And Sam says them to him like, "Hey, do, do you think do you think that guy's cured now, Fraser?" And Fraser goes, 
Well, we psychiatrists don't like to use the word cured. Unless we're talking about ham. <laughs> and I just say that out loud to myself when I'm alone and just cackle. Something. Every aspect of Kelsey Grammer's delivery just delights me to my core. I love that. Fraser has left the building. Now, come on, Fraser. It's just vaping. It's not going to hurt anybody. All the guys down at McGinty's are doing it. See, I wish we could have an excuse for me to do Fraser's dad, because my impression of Fraser's dad is really good. That's Eddie. He just wants to have fun. Come on. I just want to have a beer. I got. I took a bullet in the hip, Fraser. Can't you respect that? <laughs>